Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, the host around these parts. We're so glad that you've uh, decided to spend some time with us today. We know you have a lot of things you could be doing as you get ready for this weekend at your church, and we're just honored that you would take some time uh, to be with us. Today, uh, I'm honored to have, uh, he is the, I got to get his official title here. He is an Associate Dean of the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences and Associate Professor of Communication at Azusa Pacific University. Super excited. Here we are on the Unseminary Podcast, actually talking with an actual someone who's qualified <laughs> to actually talk about things, an actual doctor, uh, Ryan Hartwig. So glad to have you on the show today, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me, Rich. This is great. I'm glad to, talk, get, glad to chat with you about our book and so on. Nice. Yeah. So um, Ryan wrote this book with Warren Bird called Teams That Thrive, and it's a fantastic book. Um, Warren's been on the show in the past. I'm a big Warren Bird fan. Um, and actually, I met Ryan while they were doing research for the book, um, and they came out, they were looking for teams that didn't thrive, and so they came to Liquid Church and spent a day or a couple days, actually, I think it was, um, it seemed like a lot of time. Uh, so, so it was fun to actually see the book released, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first, kind of give us the Ryan story, um, and then we'll jump into the book. Sure, yeah. Uh, Rich, I'm a, I'm a practical academic. Yeah, I'm a prof, but really what I want to try to do is take these ideas in the academy and try to bring them to real people facing real challenges and real organizations. Mm-hmm. And so I've spent my time really trying to engage the church. Um, I grew up in the church. I'm a pastor's kid, and then I, I married a pastor's daughter, and so I just have a great love for the church. And I think um, the church is, is, is really um, the hope of the world, right, mm-hmm. um, as Jesus um, as Jesus leads the church. And so I want to try to do what I can do to try to resource the church. So I spent m- many years as, as an administrator and as a person who was building teams and leading teams and coaching people on doing teams. And then um, in the last several years, have, have started to study them mm-hmm. and so on. And um, so I, I, it's great. My day job is I get to teach here and get to teach, uh, teach young people to go out there and to make a difference mm-hmm. um, in the world. Really, I'm trying to help them learn how to work in teams, both collaborative organizations and so on. And then my research work is trying to engage the church and help folks in the church do those things as well. So what was the, you know, the, the kind of passion behind the book, Teams That Thrives? Where, where did that, was there like an epiphany moment where you're like, gosh, we've got to, you know, study this? Or was it kind of just a, a slow burn over, you know, a period of time, you know, a bunch of different things leaned up and you said, you know, it'd be great to work on this together. Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, when I was doing my PhD, I did my dissertation with a with a with a, a leadership team of a really large church. And as I did that study, it was kind of this qualitative, in-depth case case study kind of study. Um, I realized that there was really no broader um, research on senior leadership teams. And so um, about four summers ago, I think it was, I was driving to to uh, to commencement at my university, and I thought, oh, here's what I think we could do. I think we could do some sort of a large survey study and really learn. Um, from churches who are trying to do senior leadership teams, how they're doing it, what's working, what's not working, and see if we can't glean some key principles and, uh, and, and share those principles with other folks to help them do teams better. So that's really where that, that came from. Mm-hmm. And then it was out of that that I, I, I wrote Warren. I wrote Leadership mm-hmm. Network, had some friends there, and said, hey, I'd love to, 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 love to think about partnering with you on this. Warren's kind of the, one of the main guys who really studies the church. And so Absolutely. I contacted Warren and said, hey, what would it look like for us to do this? And after several months of kind of going back and forth and trying to think that through, um, we said, yes, let's, let's try to do a large study here and see what we can learn. 
Yeah, so give us a sense of the study. What what did you actually, uh, you know, how did you get out and, and, and talk to churches and, and what, what did that, that process look like? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, we really wanted to not just take from churches, but we wanted also to give to churches. And mm-hmm. so um, there's, a, there's a, a, a former researcher out of Harvard um, who has done just some, and some incredible um, some incredible work, and he developed the team diagnostic survey. His mm-hmm. name is Richard Hackman, and so they—that's probably the best uh, diagnostic survey that's out there. And so I went and worked with him and got his permission to offer that survey to all of the churches who would participate in the study. So we were able to give back to all of the churches. About uh, over 145 churches mm-hmm. actually completed all aspects of the study, and we were able to give to them this uh, this diagnostic tool to kind of measure how well their church was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to collect that data, we also asked a bunch of other questions mm-hmm. about the way that they interact in their leadership team, who serves on that leadership team, and so on. So we will take all of that data, collect all that data, and put it together and really learn some interesting things. So we actually heard from over 1,000 leadership team members True. at over wow. 200 churches, mm-hmm. um, really all around the world. Now, most of the churches were in the U.S., but we also had a few that were, that were from all around the world. And as I said before, 145 of them completed everything that we asked them to do, which meant mm-hmm. – that at least 75% of their leadership team filled out those assessments. Mm -hmm. So I think what's unique about our study is we don't just ask one person Mm -hmm. on a leadership team to tell us how the team's doing. We're asking the whole team to tell us how the team is doing and then kind of taking that data and aggregating that into some groups and and then seeing what we can learn from that. You know, part of what I think is great about the book is um, it is research-based. So it's unlike, you know, if I was to write a leadership book, it would mostly be, hey, here's some opinions on what I think. Um, you know, this book tries to drive into, okay, let's understand what's actually happening with teams that thrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you've added in, you've kind of augmented with great stories and examples and tried to, you know, fill that story out. So it, uh, you know, put some flesh on that bones. It, it reminded me a little bit of almost like, and I don't know if other people have made this, this connection, but almost like the kind of Jim Collins good to great or, you know, that kind of style of where you get this sense of like, okay, this has like actual research behind it, which is uh, fantastic, but then also trying to, you know, push forward with some great stories. Was there any, um, you know, maybe an example of a kind of common uh, or an example of a, you know, story that kind of resonated with you as like, hey, here's an example of some of the things that teams that thrive actually do um, from a leadership point of view? Yeah, well, well, thanks, thanks for the thanks for the compliment. I guess if our work would be anywhere near what Jim <laughs> Collins is doing and so on, that would be great. And you know, we really did try to look at what does the research say, but then mm. uh, not just write kind of a, a a very researchy book. You know, we wanted to have it grounded, but not write that. So hopefully, it came out that way. What what do we find? Uh, boy, there's there's so many things we find. Really, there's we we, we identified five disciplines of collaborative mm-hmm. church leadership, and I can kind of get into those five disciplines, but probably before that, probably if we could sum all of that up, what we realized is that teams that thrive are convinced that shared leadership is a biblical way to lead and mm-hmm. is a preferable way to lead. It was kind of the first mm-hmm. thing. There was a strong conviction, like we've got to figure out how to do this thing well. So that was the first piece. Then the second piece was that they were willing to do the fundamental disciplines day in and day out to enable their team to thrive. I mean, quite honestly, a lot of the stuff we talk about in the book, I don't know that it's, you know, incredibly groundbreaking. Or it's like, oh, wow, that's I've never even heard that before. I mean, a lot of the things I think uh, generally we've heard some of these things at least before. But really, um, these teams were the ones that said, okay, we're going to actually run our meetings well. We're going to actually yeah. really think through who's going to serve on these teams. We're going to really make sure that leadership tasks and team are actually shared and not just kind of have these things as platitudes, but we're going we're gonna to discipline ourselves to do these things all of the time. 
Very cool. Well, we had a, a surprise guest join us on the podcast. If you're watching the video, you see Warren Bird jumped in. Warren, the co-author of Teams That Thrive, also is uh, joining us today. Warren, welcome to the show. Thanks, uh, Ryan. I love what you're saying. I can't wait to read that book. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. So, Warren, just to kind of bring you up to speed, we kind of talked a bit about the research process that went on, um, which you know you you I'm sure had a part to do with, <laughs> and uh, and then you know we're just kind of getting into a little bit of what are some of those those insights that um, some of those key insights that came out for you, Warren, as you you know talked with and interviewed um, the you know so many churches, 100 and what was it 140 some odd churches that ended up you know giving all the information. What were some of those insights that jumped through to you as patterns? Um, you know, in, in, as you interacted with uh, different churches. Well, I it, it affirming everything that Ryan said. I mm. just became convinced that everybody wants to do team, mm. but they don't know how to do it well, and they don't even know are we doing it well. They don't okay. even know. We started the book with like these myths mm -hmm. that people think. You know, well, I, I guess a team means that that uh, we all advise the pastor, and then the pastor makes the decisions and. You know, we're working as a team. No, you're not. <laughs> you're losing huge potential right. if that's how you approach the idea of team. Uh, and in today's fluidity of uh, who's on the team, who's not, we even in our survey we we were amazed at how many churches the members of a team disagreed with who all was on their team. <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite a stretch. That's funny. Now, so playing a little bit of the devil's advocate here. So team leadership, that sounds like a um, – uh, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I don't actually believe what I'm about to say. But, you know, team team leadership, you know, that sounds like a, some sort of namby-pamby, wow, woo-hoo, you know, deal. Isn't it – doesn't God give the vision to a person – um, and then we're all just supposed to march in behind that person, Ryan. Isn't that – aren't that – isn't that the evidence of, like, a great, thriving church? Well, sure. I mean, we see that, yeah, certainly God gives the vision to people, but, is it, but he doesn't give all of the vision to only one person. Right. And I think the beauty of a leadership team is that is recognizing that God speaks to everyone. And so why would we just limit ourselves to only hearing God speaking to one individual and not to many? Mm -hmm. and if we believe that the Spirit lives inside of us, right, then he can speak to all of us. Mm -hmm. And so the, the beauty, I think, of the team is being able to come together and saying, okay, what is it that God is saying to us? How can we use the different perspectives, the different, um, the different expertise, the different experiences that we have, and ultimately be able to make better decisions and implement um, greater ministry throughout the church by, by, by sharing leadership together? So that's, that's really the idea there. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not suggesting that a leadership team precludes someone from providing strong leadership. Right. In fact, in a lot of the teams that we see, there is a strong leader. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with having a strong leader, but not so strong that that leader precludes others from also being able to contri fully contribute the things that God has put into them. Interesting. Now, Warren, you know, you've been studying kind of leadership and looking at leadership over, you know, a number of years. Is there anything in this, in what you found here, that you feel like is a kind of a shift either culturally or kind of generationally? Are you seeing any differences on, you know, on that front? Yeah, the whole idea of leadership development, this is just one more piece of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it, it, on your team. You don't hire pre-trained uh, people who've all got it together. It's a team growing together, getting better together, making better decisions with a better process, 
and building into each other. So in a way, this models what you hope the whole rest of the church will be mm. all about, that we're forever taking people, to use a Willow Creek expression, from total pagan to a dedicated missionary. Mm. And, and that being part of a team is different steps on that journey. Hmm. Interesting. Well, when um, we had the privilege, I had mentioned this earlier, we had the privilege um, when you were in the process of, of writing this book to sit down and spend some time, um, you know, and, and it was actually great. I loved the, you know, the, the coaching that you both provided to our team. And actually, to this day, one of the things that Ryan said, um, kind of a challenge to us as a lead team, he said, you know, you need to not answer all the questions. You need to allow some of the questions to hang. Um, and you need to create space for people to, um, you know, to, to, you know, maybe deliberately allow a few things to, to kind of hang out there, create some space, so that your leaders who are around you will rise up um, and, um, you know, help and obviously push the mission forward, which actually that has continued to shape our thinking, um, you know, over the last uh, couple of years. So that's, and that was just a one kind of piece of an overall um, conversation, which I, you know, really appreciated. Um, tell us about some of the other churches that you ended up highlighting um, in, throughout the book. Is there any others that stick out for you, Ryan? Well, uh, before yeah. Ryan answers, let me just brag on you guys at Liquid okay. Church. Okay. Um, that was so, uh, you know, you were in the survey, and then we kind of picked the top 10% of churches and tried to visit different ones, and, and that was you. And, and I have to say, I've sat in a lot of church senior uh, leadership team meetings, and yours was distinctly different in in the engagement level, in the in the buy-in, in the use of different people's talents, in the humility that you expressed, in the esprit de corps. So I, I just want to cheer that that uh, that was a great day for us too uh, <laughs> to be able to learn from you. And and you're really different <laughs> from a, from a lot of uh, churches that that really struggle and and I say all that to say it can be different mm. uh, you uh, churches can incrementally uh, come to that kind of thing where where team members look forward to uh, interacting with each other and taking another step in their journey of, uh, of leading God's church right yeah, yeah. Two quick thoughts there, and, and I don't remember if we if we actually named these churches in the book or not, so I won't use their names. Um, but two, I think two kind of senior pastor profiles a little bit in terms of how they have tried to build these teams. One of the pastors realized that his predecessor was this very very organized organized guy who would have you know in any any sort of an event would kind of pull out the color coded spreadsheets and assign everyone a task and so on. Everyone just kind of march out those orders. And as he took over um, the church, he really realized that was preventing, even though that the, the team was able to kind of be cohesive in the sense of marching out orders, it was really preventing all the team members from offering their best to the team. Hmm. And so he realized, okay, I really have to back off a little bit on some of this direction that I'm offering. And so he is, he stepped back. And I thought that was kind of, that's a little bit different than a senior pastor at another church, church down in Tennessee. As we, as we listen to that pastor, he's really realized that his gifts really don't reside in kind of managing day-to-day. -day. And I think a lot of senior pastors have realized that. They don't reside there. And so he's really, he's really handed that off to other folks 
lets his executive pastor really manage the leadership team, mm -hmm. but he said, it's really important for me to stay engaged in the leadership activities. And so there was a, there was a time when there was kind of a, a hole in their small groups ministry. This is a very large church, about 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. And rather, there was, there was a hole there for small groups. He said, okay, I'm going to take on small groups myself for this for this season of time. And so he led the small group ministry as a senior pastor of the church um, in every facet for I think it was about six months to a year. And I think it's such a great indication of what healthy teams do is mm -hmm. that leaders say, okay, what is it that the team needs right now? And I'll go ahead and provide that. And that senior pastor realized, okay, the best thing for me to do is to give up some of this more visionary kinds of things to others and let me step into this place and provide leadership to our small group ministry in a way that he was kind of accountable to the other team members for mm -hmm. small group ministry mm -hmm. during that time. And I thought those those two were just great profiles of, I think, the humility, of the thoughtfulness, of the strategicness, of how do we how do we adjust things that we're really able to lead collaboratively. Hmm. Let me That's give one more example, if I could. Uh, Journey Church, uh, Newark, Newark, Delaware. Uh, Ryan and I did separate visits on that. When Ryan was there, he captured the senior pastor, Mark Johnson, saying, you know, I used to lead the church, but now I lead the team as they lead the church. Mm. And so on my visit, I met some of those team members, and I, and I thought, you know, here's a a 30-year-old woman who's overseeing kind of the, the assimilation piece, uh, the, the welcome, how do we get you connected, mm -hmm. uh, and, and she has been really mentored and, and given challenges and invited to rise to the challenge, and, and, I, and I thought that just being one case of, okay, Pastor Mark, if, if that's the kind of people you're leading and they're mm -hmm. rising to the challenge, you are just multiplying yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I've found um, in our just our little world is as we take new ground as a church, so I'm a part of that, you know, four part leadership team, senior leadership team, whatever we want to call it. Um, as we take new ground, by definition, we're moving into areas that it's not really clear whose responsibility it is. That there are these areas where you know we're we're doing new things, we're trying to innovate, we're trying to make something happen, and it kind of requires all of us on that team. We all have to pitch in. We all, you know, Tim from a teaching vision point of view, he's got to talk about it. Dave from kind of a finance point of view, we've got to figure out how are the teams going to you know plug into this whole thing. And mm -hmm. so you do end up having, and in fact, I just had one this week with Dave where there's this like, okay, so what part of this is yours and what part of it is mine? Like, and 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 because we don't want to step on each other's toes, we're not trying to like you know, offend each other, but we have to kind of be cognizant of, of talking through the actual process of how we're going to lead, not just go ahead and lead. Like, how do we actually, you know, how are we going to make this thing happen? Uh, because there's enough potential there to rub each other uh, the wrong way, which is, for me, is exciting because I'm like, hey, we must be trying to do things that, you know, that are just natural, um, don't just right. happen, um, you know, independently, so which is kind of cool, so... Right. I, I love the fact, Rich, that you're having to have those conversations. Mm. You know, I think one of the other things we found um, is that is that churches that tend to have these stronger leadership teams are mm. also facing challenges related to growth. Yeah. And I, and I think that, that it's tempting to kind of explain that, well, we have a good team, and so, of course, we're growing. Mm. I, I would explain it the other way. Mm. I think it's that we're growing, which is forcing us to have a good team. So like in your case, right, because you're growing, there are the, there's this unknown stuff that's out there right. that causing you and Dave to sit down mm. and have conversations mm. that you would otherwise not have to have. 
Yeah. And so now because you and Dave are, are, are working through these things and making decisions together, and, and you're making decisions that are benefiting from both of your perspectives, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're growing in your capacity as a team, which is then, of course, fueling the church's ability to grow and, and, and so on. So I love the fact that you're, that you're pursuing this new territory, and mm -hmm. you realize the only way we can actually do this well is if we do this together as a, as a team, which mm -hmm. is one of the things we found is that, is that the best teams tend to make decisions together mm -hmm. rather than to have uh, individuals who make these um, really key strategic decisions, but instead they do it together as a team. Yeah, there was this moment a few years ago where, and it was there was a distinct conversation where Tim, our lead pastor, who you know is our lead pastor, you know there isn't although we, we lead together with the four of us at the end of the day, you know he he's our lead pastor, he who's the founder of the church, um, and there was a real active conversation where you know there was some consideration of like maybe we should hire a or identify one of the four of us as kind of the second in command person, mm. um, and that you know, from his perspective, and at the end of the day, really, he's the only one that can make that decision. That is one of those things where it's like, we can give our input, but at the end of the day, you've got to figure out what, you know, you're the most comfortable with, and we're going to talk it through. And, you know, there was this, this, this decision point where, you know, he said, no, I actually, and we obviously affirmed it in the end, we were like, no, I, I, um, I, I like the creative tension that it causes that we work together as a group rather than let's make really super clear lines on everything. Now, right. functionally, what that means is we end up talking a lot. <laughs> you know, you end up having a lot of conversations about things. But I think the Lord honors that, and I think it's I think it's a uh, you know a positive way uh, to move forward as we try to grow and develop and try new things. Because the reality of it is, if you're a growing church, a lot of times it, the, you're you're in the largest church you've ever been in, let alone worked in the largest church you've ever been in, and so it's all unknown known territory <laughs> for most yeah. of the people around the room. Um, and so that's you know that's uh, that's exciting. Can I comment on that real quick, Rich? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wouldn't want anybody to hear this to say, okay, well, you're saying that we used to just advise a senior pastor, and he'd make all the decisions, and now we got to make all of our decisions together. That is not going to work out well. That's going yeah. to be exhausting to have that crazy attention for every decision. <laughs> so I'd really encourage folks to think, okay, what does it look like to just move the dial a little bit? Mm. Um, what is it to even consider, like, what, what would it be like to, like, tithe to collaboration, right? What if we, <laughs> what if we thought about, like, a portion, right? Maybe it's a 10%. Is it 10% or 20% of our time? Mm. What are some key strategic decisions we need to make that, okay, we're really going to wrestle through these things as a team, but the other ones we're just going to kind of continue to go on maybe in the status quo. That way it's not so exhausting right. to try to figure, that, figure out how do you make this transition. So I do think you can kind of make some baby steps to get right. there. Very cool. Well, this has been a good conversation. Um, is there anything else you want to share, um, Ryan or Warren, as kind of we close down? Obviously, ultimately, we want people to pick up the book, uh, but are there any other kind of broad, um, you know, kind of conclusions you'd like to share, maybe, Warren? Well, they could pick up the book by going uh, to teamsthatthrivebook.com because not only is the book there, but there are a whole lot of resources mm -hmm. and ideas and exercises and, and uh, tools that uh, we're continuing to add to that website. Ryan oversees that. And uh, it's just a great uh, help for you. So that's a nice pathway not only to get the book, but to find out a little bit more. Very cool. Anything else, Ryan, you'd, uh, you'd say as we kind of close it down? Yeah, I think along those same lines, maybe a great place to start, yes, well, yes, is to buy the book, but also maybe just to assess your team. Mm -hmm. We actually built a free uh, team assessment. It's available on that website, teamsthatthrivebook.com. You just click on free assessment, it will come up. And we, we built this whole deal that will give you an opportunity. You can print this thing out and pass it around to the members of your team. Everyone 
fill it out, have some way to collect those responses, and then talk through those things. That might be a great starting point just to say, okay, how well are we doing? Do we really need to work on this? What do we need to work on? And so on. But that's available there as well. Very cool. Well, that's uh, that's great. We'll have links to that in the show notes at Unseminary. And we're also uh, going to do an event in uh, New Jersey this summer, which uh, if you subscribe to Unseminary stuff, you're going to get email about it. But uh, over the summertime, we're going to have uh, Ryan and Warren together for a day, uh, really trying to process through this content, talking about it. So that would be a great opportunity uh, for you to plug in as well. So teams that thrivebook.com would be the place for you to uh, connect and, and learn more. And I just really appreciate you guys coming on the show today. Rich, we're one of your big cheerleaders. <laughs> Thank you. That's right. Tell the other guys hello for us as well. Will do. I'll do that for sure. I was telling them that we were interviewing today, so I'll do that. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.